Well, hello guys. Hi. Welcome to Uncommon Humanity. This is Charmaine here. This is Karis. And today we're going to be doing a kind of different kind of episode, which we're going to try to do more of, which is to have these little uh, episodes where mm. we kind of share something that is helpful to life. Yeah. That are a little bit shorter, but but uh, relevant and helpful to us now. Yes. So today, uh, the title of our episode is Body Your Mind. Wow, I'm quite proud of that title eh. Yes. Yeah, because everyone always says mind your body, right? But I'm like, body your mind. Okay. So what we want to talk about today is how to use our body to break our stress cycle. Yes. So 2020 has been, uh, well, it was a really turbulent year and Mm. now we're in 2021. But I would say we've gone from a year of multiple lockdown in and out of lockdown Mm. or Mm. being locked down and things get better but then the rest of the world is going crazy with COVID so it's been a pretty stressful time. Yes. And 2021, we've kind of uh, gone into a holding pattern I would say. Yeah. But I won't Mm. say we're completely out of stress. We're kind of in a state right now. Nowhere. Like low. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere. Oh my god, that came out of nowhere. (laughs) Is there something you want to share with everybody? I want to say um, because it's restless. Like, <laughs> okay, oh restless, my. frustrated. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I think right now, I think we're doing pretty good in SG. La, but but <laughs> we're stuck, kind of stuck in this holding pattern of like low-grade chronic stress. Um, yep. I think certainly some people are doing better than mm. others. Uh, but I thought we'd talk about how to deal with stress in a healthy way for this year that would be helpful to everyone tuning yep. in. La, mm. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to share is we tend to think of coping with stress as minding your mind. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about this in 2020 about, hey, it's okay to go to therapy. It's mm. okay to get counseling and stuff. And and yes, that helps tremendously. So if you are planning to, we really encourage mm. you to keep going at it. Yes. Okay. Because um, I think identifying our thought patterns really helps us to take the anxiety down mm. and really know where our feelings are coming from. Mm. But I want to add a helpful tool to this this year for those of you listening. And that is, um, I think another important step uh, to do is that we need to first also learn to take down the stress level in our body so that it makes it easier for us to start working at our thinking patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as meditation is helpful, mm. as much as therapy is helpful, I do find that sometimes um, if we don't deal with the stress in our body, we start to loop our anxiety. So Karis found this interesting study recently, right? Yeah. So we were reading this um, interesting study from 2019 that showed that uh, at least 25% of regular meditators have experienced adverse events <laughs> from panic attacks and depression to an unsettling sense of dissociation. So it's really interesting to me. I was like, meditation is supposed to help people calm down, but a quarter of the people actually experience adverse more, effects, <laughs> more yeah, depression, more and, more depression and more panics. Yeah. So they actually found out that overzealous meditation lead to um, where it can cause you to be even more anxious mm. where a little bit of changes can cause you to be very overwhelmed where you feel your emotions are all over the place. Uh, so you either feel very anxious or you feel like this very unsettling of dissociation where you yeah. don't feel anything anymore. And, and then it can even damage your sleep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the best way I can I can illustrate this, I guess, for mm. for for those of us who are tuning in, especially those from our church, right? I think you can relate to this that sometimes we say prayer is very important mm. to our mental yep. health. But then I've been in a state where where I reach such a point of anxiety about whatever I'm praying about that 
my prayer life actually doesn't calm me down anymore because mm. my anxiety on the loop, like, God, help me, help me, help me, <laughs> right? And then you yes. never get out of it. So here's an interesting I learned, uh, thing I learned when I started going to therapy years ago. Mm. Okay, which was when I first went, I was burnt out. And so I thought, oh, immediately we're going to talk about my feelings and we're going to unpack the patterns that I have. But the interesting thing was the first few weeks of my therapy, right? My therapist actually, her main objective was to bring the stress level in my body down to oh, a wow. manageable state. Okay, so background. Back then, I was flying back and forth between Singapore mm. and the US. And... And it was like every term in and out, in and out. And I used mm. to fly in like second week of school after working and then catch up with school. And I'll be like on three cups of coffee a day. And so one term, suddenly in the second or third week, I had a major panic attack. First time I ever had like a full-on panic attack. And so I went, okay, I need to go to therapy. Mm. And, and I thought, okay, there's something wrong with me. Emotionally, I'm mentally not okay. But the first thing actually my therapist did was, number one, mm. we need to cut your coffee. You need to go from three cups a day to half to one cup a day <laughs> maximum, okay? Mm. Because she said you're on a jet lag state and then you're on too much caffeine and that's what's triggering the panic response in your mm. body. Then the second thing she said was like, we need to get you exercising and moving. But at that point of time, I had a very bad running injury. So I had trouble with that. I couldn't really do that or I was in too much pain. Uh. Um, and so she suggested at least getting out um, sitting in nature, that kind of stuff, okay? Um, but the third thing she did was, in the therapy sessions, we actually did exercises that were uh, physical and breathing mm. type exercises. And these exercises were designed to get me out of my head. So this is the interesting part. Out of my head and my mind and my thoughts mm. to be present in my body. And that was the objective of the exercises that we did every single therapy oh. session. And we did this... That was the major focus for the first few weeks until I got to a place where I was calm enough to be able to talk through my feelings oh. in a logical way. Lah. Wow. Okay. So we're going to talk about this body thing yes. uh, in a second. But I thought we could also go into some healthy perspectives about how we approach stress in our lives. Mm. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to share with everyone is that stress has a natural cycle. Mm. Okay. And that means that Stress is just a normal part of life. Mm. It's a natural part of life. It is not good, neither is it bad. It mm. can be either or depending how you deal with it. Okay? Yeah. But the thing that you need to know is stress needs to complete its cycle mm. or we get stuck as people. So, for example, you see this, right, on the Animal Planet channel or something, on NetGeo, <laughs> right? Yeah. When an animal uh, runs from a predator, for example, right, it goes into stress mode, the fight or flight mode, right? Mm -mm. But the moment it is free from the predator, like the, their body system naturally, right, immediately, automatically resets to a, a certain healthy normal. Mm. So what's interesting, that thing that I learned recently, that actually human beings are the only creatures in this planet that our bodies don't automatically reset oh. after a stress period. Human beings are the only beings on the planet that can remember and retain and live in a constant state of stress all our lives if we don't deliberately calm ourselves down. Oh, wow. You see, now part of that has to do with evolution, okay? So, mm. so long, long ago, anthropologically <laughs> speaking, okay? You know, we used to be, I guess, a nomadic people, hunters mm. and gatherers, mm. etc. And so, there was a lot of a physical outlet to our body in terms of coping with stress. So, as much as there were stressors and we had to have flight or flight response mm. in, a, in, a rough, in a rough environment, 
um, we had a physical outlet to calm our body down. But now with modern life and mm. city life, mm. we are more sedentary. Most of us are in offices. We hardly have a physical outlet. And so what happens, especially for city people, is we can stay in a state of constant chronic stress mm. and never actually cycle out. So for example, we go to work 9 to 5, we come home stressed, we don't fully wind down and mm. then the next day starts all over again. Okay, then don't say lah, COVID-19, we are mm. in a perpetual state of stress currently because changes are just non-stop, alright? So that's the first thing. You need to understand that stress has a natural mm. cycle and we actually do need to find a way to cycle out of our stress. So does that mean that we need to purposely put in like a certain, I don't know, rhythms or certain things to force our body to wind down? Yes. Like we have to do that. Yes. Otherwise we stay, our body does not reset the way animals automatically. And when we talk about wind down, it's really got to do with like physical, yes. either take a walk or like take a breather, yeah. read something. So that's actually, you can't think yourself into <laughs> think a myself resting to wind state. Up. Now, I will say some tools, for example, some meditative mm-hmm. tools or for example, Christians, we have centering prayer, for example. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that winds us down from the stress state in those practices are not so much the thinking process, but the breathing process. Mm-hmm. And when we breathe in and we breathe out and we calm our breathing, our stress comes down. Mm. Okay, so like I said earlier, stress can be good or it can be bad. Yep. Now, 90% really of what takes us to the doctors nowadays is because that we've <laughs> got a stress. Well, well, that's what apparently research shows that 90% wow. is psychosomatic because of stress-related uh, issues in our body. So, for example, when we're stressed, mm. cortisol and adrenaline, too much in our system, mm. affects our body adversely. Yeah. They, they, they inhibit and suppress the immune system so we fall sick more easily. That's what really happens when you're in a high-stress state. Oh. Yeah, mm. okay. But here's the interesting thing I learned too, right? And that is, this is interesting. When doctors do transplant surgery, they actually deliberately inject stress hormones into a person's body so that the immune system is weakened and does oh. not reject donor organs. Wow. So so stress can be good or bad depending how you use it and how you moderate it. Like it is mm. an important system of body that if it overcorrects, mm. if it uh, overtakes over our life, mm. then it becomes problematic. But on the other hand, stress can also create certain good effects in our life. Mm. So yeah. can I just ask, is stress like always external? Is it dependent on circumstances, situations? Is it like pressures? Externally. Yeah, which brings me to the third thing, right? Mm. That you need to know about stress. There's a difference between stress itself and stressors. Mm. And stressors are what activate the stress response in your body. So stressors mm. are usually external. Mm. I mean, you can say they're internal, but even your internal emotions have to do with external stressors, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 Which again can be good or bad at. So for example, one of the great things uh, recently uh, that has become popular is this idea of ice cold baths. Uh, or oh, swimming in yes. cold water. Mm. And actually how that works, people think that, oh, it's just the... It, it actually, the way it works is the cold water stresses your body. It spikes the stress in your body. And mm. it trains your body to deal with a higher threshold of stress in that moment. Then it adjusts. And so it becomes actually a mood regulator because it takes it up and then after that, it drops it. But it will take it down. Right? Yeah, it takes it down. So there's a certain way Oh, so basically it's it to help complete like bring it up and then it brings it up so it spikes a little bit of the adrenaline but it also raises your ability to take stress Mm. so to speak so after that you calm down Mm. yeah Mm. so I've noticed that when I go swimming and it's rainy season and the water Mm. is cold right 
my mood is actually better. As much as it's worse uh, when I get into the pool. <laughs> the first time, I'm like, <laughs> But when I come out of the pool, I notice my mood is better than on days where the sun is shining and the water is warm. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, maybe okay. I should try that. Yes, <laughs> you could try that. <laughs> they say the other way is the cold bar, but some people have been like buying fridges eh, oh. to like these freezers and then they create their own cold baths at home. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they cannot afford to buy the real like ice <laughs> stuff. Okay, anyway. Yes. So, so um, there's a difference between stress mm. itself and the external stressors. So again, a helpful thing is this period, it is helpful for you to identify what are some external stressors that keep you in a state of constant stress. And are there a way, is there a way for you to regulate it? Is there a way for you to get therapy to learn how to interact with it so that it creates less stress in your body? Mm. So there is still a place for therapy, okay? So, but Karis brought up something interesting today when we were preparing, right? She said she learned recently, you learned recently yeah. that there's a difference between anxiety being a cause or anxiety being an effect as a result of something. Yeah. And so, yeah, because I mean, I thought anxiety just like anxiety. Yeah, it's anxious just a whole, yeah. I feelings. never thought to differentiate, but so that was very helpful when you told mm. me too. Yeah. 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 And, and so the counselor that told you about this said that. There's a difference between how you you handle anxiety that is a a cause or a cause a constant effect in your body versus a there's an external stressor. Yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah, maybe one day we can talk about that a little bit. Yes. More. Yeah, for sure. Okay, but anyway, so stress is your body's reaction to external stressors. Okay, mm. so so here's the interesting thing, right? With external stressors, just because an external stressor has disappeared. The problem is, it doesn't mean the stress in your body is gone. Because oh. the external stressor may have activated the stress. Mm. And I don't know, that person in your life who caused the stress may be gone. That mm. job situation that was stressing you out might be gone. Mm. But your body is still in a state of stress and anxiety. Mm. And so, unless you deliberately sometimes complete the cycle of stress… Mm. People can be long gone from you, the problematic people or the problematic relationship or the problematic issue that caused it. Mm. And you'll still be in a state of, of heightened fight or flight or whatever freeze mode that you are in. Mm. Okay? So, so burnout is what happens to us guys when we don't complete the stress cycle. And over time the stress we experience starts to outpace our capacity to deal with it. Oh. Because usually what happens is this, right? One stressor goes away, the stress mm. is still in our body, we don't wind down. Then the next day, more stressors mm. come down the pipeline, more changes during COVID, and our bodies just keep accumulating and accumulating cortisol and adrenaline, and it never winds down. Mm. And then it can start to affect us in many ways. So for example, fight fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yeah. We can literally get stuck in that state. So for example, if your default right now under stress is fight mode, mm. you stay defensive and angry and frustrated. Mm. Like, all the time for yeah. some of you. For some of you, you are the run and avoid kind. And so you start to realize, oh, during this period, I'm numbing out. I don't feel anything. I'm just distraction after distraction, Netflix after Netflix, I'm checking out of life. I'm avoiding proximity with people to protect myself. 
And you can stay in a state of isolation. Some of us during COVID period. Mm. Then there are those of us who freeze. And freeze usually happens when um, a person or even an animal right, feels too weak to fight back. Mm. And so you freeze hoping that the external risk or pressure will go away with time or help will arrive to save you. And the problem is if you're doing life in that state and help never comes, then you stay in freeze mode and you are never productive. You're just stuck in a holding pattern. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, so we need to break that stress cycle, literally, in order to mm. come out of that mode. And what they found in research recently is that the secret is in the body, mm. not necessarily in, in the, the mind. mind. <laughs> mm. Okay, so we, we recently uh, learned about these two sisters, Emily and Amelia Nagos- Nagoski, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, and they wrote the book together, These Two Sisters Burn Out, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Yeah. Okay, and so basically, again, uh, they say exactly what we've just been mm. saying. The cycle of stress cannot complete itself uh, through reasoning ourselves out of our stress. Mm. We have to do something to tell our minds and show our bodies that we are safe again. Um, And we have to actually do things with our body to bring us back to calm and peace. Mm. Okay, so they propose seven ways and I'm going to add in my own uh, ideas as well along the way. Okay, They they propose seven ways to end the stress cycle. And the first is any physical activity. Yes. Okay, so physical activity is freeing and it lets our bodies know that we are uh, celebrating safety. Oh my god, the way these women, they're so like, women are so expressive in the way they describe something. Uh, like, if, if it were me, I would just say, huh, you just swim out all your energy. Like, for example. Yes. Okay, so for me, right, um, swimming uh, three, four times a week, going to the gym another two, three times a week has become almost like a meditation for me, quite frankly. Mm. Now, initially, when I first started, it was tough because you're mm. not fit. But now, it's really a meditation. In fact, my trainer laughs, right? I mean, because sometimes I'll go into a mode where I'm lifting weights and she's telling me and I just zone out and my mind just goes... Zen. And I, yeah, goes zen. <laughs> and then I'm like... Then she's like, hey, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yeah, because literally it, it winds my um, anxiety down. Like, for me, this is a very big one. Yeah, the physical activity bit. Do you think it, um, it is different for different people? Yes, right? Yes. Mm. Um, I would say I learned really... Always have been all my life. Mm. Um... Even before I knew about this, I used to, when I was stressed, I'll go run to clear my mind. Mm. So for me, this has always been the way. Now for you, your body could be different. All of you listening out there. Yeah. So other ways is, for example, walks in nature are very mm. helpful. Mm. Uh, Japan has what they call wow. forest bathing. Have you heard of this? No. Forest bathing, which is they go and they walk in the forest or they spend retreats in the forest for a few days. Wow, and it's paid for by medical insurance. Yeah, so this is something that's happened in Japan recently, right? Their medical insurance uh, covers their people going a few days away to a forest retreat because they found the long-term payoff is pretty good. Mm. Yeah, for people. So, so, um, Insurance in America actually has been doing this for quite a while already, which is insurance now covers gym membership because they find that, again, there's a long-term payoff. If, they are, if their employees are going to the gym, mm. they are less likely to fall sick. They are less likely to take sick days. They're actually going to be more productive. So, um, insurance over in America, some insurances have started covering this. Wow. I wish they would do this in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think some insurances in America also cover um, therapy now. Wow. Yeah. 
So the second way um, that they mentioned was about was breathing, mm. which they say that this is the gentlest way to complete the stress response cycle. So it, for people who have survived trauma or have abuse uh, backgrounds or experiences, um, they say that breathing is a great place to start. Like yeah, regulating If you're not ready breathing. for therapy and all that, hi. Huh? Yeah. Is it? Okay, can. So yeah, I actually do this. So this one, I got... I learned this, right, this technique because it was mentioned in... What's that that movie that Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen were in? The one about the Madam Secretary one. Uh. Is this rom-com? <laughs> okay, so in the rom-com, right, there was this situation where they were they were in some bombing and then she um. was practicing like this breathing technique that Navy SEALs practice. Oh, And I learned it from that movie. Oh, wow. Now, they didn't do it correctly in the movie. Oh, no. But then I went to Google it after that. I was like, what is this breathing technique they use to calm themselves down in high-stress situations? Navy SEALs. <laughs> and uh, I think it's called square breathing, actually. Actually, the original technique is you're supposed to walk in a square. Oh, wow. So you're supposed to walk, count to four, breathe in, uh-uh. count to four, and then hold. walk again for, but hold it for four, and then breathe out four counts, mm. and then um, hold four, and then breathe in again. So so now I know I don't do the walking in a square thing lah, but mm. I do the breathing thing quite often and it helps me tremendously. So it's become almost a habit. When I'm stressed now, I go one, two, three, four. But I find it very hard to one, two, three, four. <laughs> and I hold one, two, three, four. <laughs> breathe out one, two, three, four. And I, I repeat that until my, my body calms down and I'm less anxious. Wow. Yeah. So any kind of breathing lah. Another app I recommend is Headspace. Yes. I love that app. My sister love it too. Yeah. Um, and I think Asians actually really enjoy headspace more. Mm. Yeah, because there's less talking. <laughs> calm, there's too much talking. <laughs> yeah, very funny. It's very funny. Americans like calm. Oh. They like the talking. Oh. But Asians find it too chonghe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yes. third one, okay. Uh, third suggestion they had is positive social interaction. Yes. Yes. So it will be like going for drinks or having a good conversation with friends mm. um, or having interaction with your pet, yes. <laughs> with an animal. Yeah, I have that with my dog. Actually now sometimes in the office, right, when I'm stressed at church, my immediate thought is I want to cuddle my dog. Oh. Yeah. Do you think oh. it's the pet or is it the cuddling? Both. <laughs> I think because... When I first got Sam, right, the first year, I didn't get it when people say he's supposed to take your anxiety down because he created more anxiety because he was so stubborn. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because yes. I was like, busy training him, you know. <laughs> but but now though that I bonded with him more, yeah, it's I, I feel because of the connection and mm. the cuddling, I feel something going back and forth between both of us. Mm. Yeah. So Airbnb, right, yeah. has started offering wow. this thing um, they started ordering, offering nature stuff and one of them is cuddling with an animal Aww. as part of, I don't know, all the programs the that package. they run. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny uh, but cute. Um, yeah, so next time you all go on holiday, you can request to cuddle an animal. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yes. So here's another interesting one, right? They started running a program uh, in the US for prisoners um, to care for a pet. Mm. Take care of a pet. And they found that uh, with very violent criminals, right, having to care for a pet brought their testosterone levels down. Wow. Um, And they actually became less violent, Mm. these criminals. So there's really something Mm. about social connection. 
Yeah, mm. and then of course, it's been long used uh, PTSD for veterans and stuff. Uh, part of the recovery has been horses, pets, etc, etc. Yeah. So yeah, positive social interaction. Yes. Yes. Number four. Number four is laughter. <laughs> so yeah. they say that it can't be... Uh, when they say laughter, it doesn't mean the fake laughter. Um, I, it has I quote to be them. slightly yeah, embarrassing. Which is, they say it has to be the slightly embarrassing, mouth hanging open, barely jingling, uncontrolled, ridiculous laughter that really takes... I think the key is to really takes over your body. And you can't stop laughing. You can't laughing. stop laughing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So I guess there's a truth to watching funny videos on YouTube. Ah. Do yes. cat videos make you laugh? Um, not really. But it, it, it makes you feel very warm and <laughs> like, oh. There's one video that always makes me laugh, ah, which, which some of our people in church know. And they laugh at me about it. You know, there's one of a dinosaur ice skating. <laughs> uh, I, okay, y'all go good at do that. I don't know why. That one makes me laugh out loud. Ah, like seriously. <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just funny to um. me. Lah. This like, Dinosaur being funny on the ice. Okay, anyway. Yes. So yeah, so laughing out loud is really, really helpful. Mm. Good medicine for the soul. Yeah. Number five, the 20 second hug. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that the thing you were just telling me recently that you now there's professional huggers? Oh, I think it was Selena was saying. Oh yeah, there, there's <laughs> professional hug. I don't know how I feel about that. It. It's so awkward. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but go hug a friend. Yeah. 20 seconds and you must hold on. Yes. It's yeah. to, it's, it's, they were saying like, it's because the hug makes your body it's a signal to your body that you're in the safe space. Yes, correct. Mm. Do you remember we watched that movie Temple Grandin about this woman who had uh, who was autistic mm -mm. and she created a hugging machine for herself oh. to bring down her... Yeah, because the, the compression oh, yes, actually yes. causes your, your... I don't know, your system to reset. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So yes, yeah. there's the medical reason for why 20 second hugs are powerful. Okay. Number six. Number six is the big old cry. This one also <laughs> made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the authors um, basically they suggest that focusing to, uh, to cry, and when you cry, to focus on the physical sensations felt rather than what's making you cry. So mm. they are saying that basically when you feel like crying, you should let your body just go through the cycle and just cry. Mm, and mm. I think the interesting or funny thing that they were saying is that a lot of people are afraid to just let out and just cry because they're afraid that they will be crying all day. <laughs> um, like they can't stop crying if they start crying. Oh, no, no, no. I get that. You know how we always like, oh my God, I need to stop, I need to stop, I need to stop. And then you never stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. she was saying that to uh, when you cry, don't, like just just cry and mm. focus on the on the external. Yeah, so I think physical. like here's another pastoral tip because when I was looking at this, then it reminded me as leaders when we do counseling, it's so important that what we say mm. that we don't expect people to stop. No, I think I don't expect people. I don't tell them like stop crying that kind mm. of thing most of the time. Like I don't even think that I I'm worried that they won't stop crying. <laughs> No, but I think sometimes what happens is I realize that like, we cue them with tissue or stuff. It's like it's a it's a un, un unconscious signal to them that oh we expect them to stop crying, but actually that's not the case. Oh. Or or we or what I tend to do, I think the mistake I make is to ask them why are you crying. Oh yes. What's bothering you? And it's well intentioned, but it could cause that people to focus on the wrong thing rather than just you finish know, the cycle. Yeah, finish the cycle of like just crying. Uh. Yeah, so I'm going to make some adjustments to how I 
I think when I do counselling. Yeah, but actually yeah. I didn't think that way. Like when 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 someone passed me a tissue, it's a signal to Yeah, I actually don't I, think some people is. I don't uh, think everybody okay, is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Usually when I pass tissue, I always say it's okay. Go yeah, ahead, like cry. it's yeah. okay to cry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently for some people it signals that oh. I should stop. Oh, okay. It's what I've read lah. Oh. I don't think it's everybody. Yes. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. yeah, but I think I will be more conscious of that. Mm. Yeah. Number seven, creative expression. Yeah, basically it's to channel like uh, what you're feeling uh, ex- in- instead of keeping it internally, mm. just channel it to, I don't know, do something yes. creatively. Like yeah. um, a drawing, a painting, mm. uh, come up with a song, mm. cooking, uh, do something productive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think this works for me. I think mm. this is what got me through last year. The mm. fact that our church is innovating and creating. Oh yeah. I really think it, it fed my soul and made me happy. But I was wondering, right? Does watching Netflix count? Oh. Does... <laughs> you know, when I go to the theatre also, it feeds my soul. Does it count? It makes you happy. Yeah. I... I, I don't know. Eh? Creative expressions must... We must be part of the creativity. Yeah, right? I was thinking about that. I think that's what they meant as Maybe, well. maybe. Okay. Yeah, so, so when we do post this episode, tell us what mm. you think. Tell us... Out of the seven, which one works for you more? Yes. Um, and all that lah. Yeah. yeah. Actually, which one works for you most? See, I think definitely physical activity. Yeah, me too. Like whenever I, I feel like there's a bundle of energy, I need to channel it too. I, I guess physical activity ties in with like the creative expression. Like to channel it to something To external. do something. Do yeah, something no, or true. write something, create something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And maybe breathing I guess all helps in <laughs> I was just scrolling oh, I like, think for wow. sure breathing is for everybody yeah. physical activity too well probably all are applicable but just some maybe are our go-tos uh. yeah maybe when I'm anxious or like when, when we get anxious I'll, we kind of lose sight that oh we're actually breathing really hyperventilating yeah and, yeah. and our need, mind is racing yeah, yeah 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 so breathing helps to kind of just regulate it or pace it mm, mm. Mm, I agree yeah yeah, so tell us which one hit us out and tell us which one works for you and which you prefer. Are there any other tools that, that you enjoy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, last thing we do want to cover in this yes. episode too is good sleep. <laughs> good sleep. I feel like this is like the common complaint yeah. from everybody that we have trouble sleeping. Is it just our church people? Oh. Or is it just generally everyone has I think trouble generally. sleeping? I hear sleep? a lot from okay. everyone. So… Here's the interesting thing which we've known for quite a while and that is actually in city areas, mm. right? Um, people struggle even more. The rates of insomnia are mm. way higher in dense city areas and this is because of obviously more noise, yep. more light, mm. uh, more sedentary stress yep. and no physical outlet. Yeah. I don't know whether Netflix counts as <laughs> right, Netflix keeps us out. We watch it at night, oh, right? I yes. don't know. I tend to have a problem watching it at night and then I <laughs> stay away. Okay, so so here are some recommendations from Healthline of how to sleep well. Okay, mm. those of you who have been struggling, a lot of you have been coming to me recently yes. about trouble sleeping. Because I have trouble sleeping. So if I have hope, you have hope. Yep. Okay, so Healthline, first category, I, I categorize their stuff, but you can go read it yourself. The first is they say, try to sleep and wake at consistent times. Mm. Singaporeans are really bad at this. Yeah. I'm really bad at this. Creative people are really bad at this. Yeah. I feel. 
yeah, okay. So a couple of tips they say about this is to help you be consistent is the first is increase bright light exposure during the day. Hmm. Carries really relates to this one, right? Oh, yes. Like, uh, if it's a sunny day, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you sleep better? Yeah, I think I sleep better. Oh, it's brighter. Like, my energy is spent in the day. Yeah. Better. Yeah, for sure. Like, I noticed this more during COVID lockdown last year lah. Which was, I realized because I'm indoors all the time, right? That I really started to get affected by not having light exposure. So we're talking about like real sunlight exposure or yeah. just light? Sunlight, uh, mm. vitamin E ma, yeah. and D. Yeah. So I also noticed I'm way happier also. Last time when I could still run, when I started to force my... I used to run at night, guys. Like at 1am in the morning. I'll just tell you how bad that is. But uh, when I started forcing myself to wake up at 9am and go running in the morning in the hot sun, right, I noticed that my mood is better during the day. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I sleep better at night too. Mm. Okay, next thing they say is reduce blue light exposure in the evening. I think this one everyone knows. That. Yeah. Yeah, but the, 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 the spectacles blue light thing, right, is not as effective as oh. people say it is. Eh. is yeah, it I read online, like, oh, like no. the doctor said, yeah, that one, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Yeah, so so in general, we should just be off our laptop and off our screen at night. Oh. <laughs> our leaders have a terrible habit with this, right? Oh, We're like, always on our phone oh till late my, at night. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I also notice when I don't bring the laptop to bed and I read a book instead, I sleep better and I get to bed faster. But if I, if I watch Netflix, it can just keep rolling. YouTube, Netflix, I can go up quite late. Yeah, yeah so don't bring your laptop to bed. Yes. Very hard, right? Very yeah. hard, right? Huh? Challenging. Singaporeans, challenging. <laughs> okay, next thing. Reduce irregular or long daytime naps. All the youth, all the youth, all the youth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then last one, uh, which works for you, right? Take a yes. melatonin supplement. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, those of you who don't know, melatonin is basically uh, the thing... The thing your body produces... Producers that when makes you feel sleepy. drowsy and then yeah. you go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, now, this works for some people, but not for some. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll get you drowsy, like, but for me, it gives me a slight hangover. So I don't take this anymore, actually. Yeah. For me, like, actually, I realized melatonin isn't my problem. I used to take it for quite a while. Then I realized I have another problem, which mm. I'll talk about later. But this works for Chansey, right? Yeah, this works for Carries. me. Yeah. It's just that um, I don't have a effect like when I woke up in the morning, wake up in the morning, but it's more like I will feel like tired, more tired. Like you feel like you want to sleep a little longer. Than yeah, the but usual. we talked about this, right? Chronotype. Mm. Okay, let's divert for a little while. <laughs> yes. So I did this uh, DNA test recently. And then one of the things that I didn't know I was getting the test was they gave me my chronotype, which is oh. they tell you whether you're a morning luck or a mm. night owl. And so it is actually a genetic yeah. thing. Oh. But they also do tip. It doesn't mean just because you're a night owl, you can sleep at 4 a.m. and wake up <laughs> at 5 p.m. That doesn't work that way. They just mm. said you should, you'll be most productive in the afternoon, tendency mm. is. But you do need to sleep at a certain time, like maybe midnight or 1am, like not past that. Yeah. And then you sleep later in the day, for example. Uh. Yeah, so it is a thing. It's not a myth. It's an actual mm. thing, genetic thing. Um, another thing that was surprising in the report was it told me I'm the kind of person that needs less sleep to recharge. Oh. So I don't actually need eight hours. Mm. For me, they said six to seven is actually more than enough. And it's true because... No matter how tired I go to sleep, after six and a half hours, normally I wake up already. Mm. But some people apparently need more. Yeah. 
<laughs> Pastor Stella. Pastor Stella, she needs more. <laughs> she said, like, I don't understand you. Like, how can you sleep for six hours now? I need eight and nine. <laughs> nine is the best. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway, if you are that type, mm. don't be great yourself for yeah. needing more sleep. I think it's just the way your body is built and it's okay. Yes. Okay, next category of things. It says, regulate your food and drink intake. Oh, to don't consume caffeine late in the day. Amen. So that you don't stay up. <laughs> oh, this really, yeah, for me, is very important. Because the moment I drink, like, anything, like, coffee or… You are very sensitive. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. Some milk tea, like, too late in the evening. Mm. I can feel that it stays in the body and I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, here's the thing. Every caffeine drinker I talk to, right, they always deny this thing. No, I can still sleep. No, I can get… I used to do that. <laughs> Until I went to therapy and I was like, no, there's a difference. <laughs> Yeah, plus caffeine. Okay, so caffeine and tea though, uh, guys, works differently. Uh. I learned mm. this recently too. Caffeine spikes you quite fast. Mm. So you come awake, but it drops you quite soon. So technically speaking, you can drink coffee later in the day as compared to tea. Mm. Because tea doesn't spike you as high. But the problem with tea is it's different from caffeine. It's actually some other chemical that it keeps you awake on a prolonged oh. thing. So for me, I have to be very careful with my tea intake during the day. Even though it doesn't spike me as high, it stays with me longer. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Next one. Yes. Don't, drink, Don't alcohol. drink alcohol. Yeah, recently I heard like somebody recommending to somebody else like drink a bit of wine before you go to bed. No, 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 no. <laughs> it keeps you up? Yeah, it actually… Well, it doesn't keep you up. It might make you sleepy but your mind doesn't wind hmm. down. So you, you're more likely to stay in the half awake, half oh. asleep state. Yeah. That's mm. what alcohol does. So actually alcohol… I know people say drink at night, right? Not at the daytime. But actually it's worse to drink at night. Technically <laughs> speaking. Okay. Yep. Next one. Don't eat late. <laughs> Heartburn. Oh. Yes. Yes. Um, and don't drink water too late. Yes as well. Because they say you get up to pee. Oh. Apparently. So one… I think one thing I read. They said you should not drink water one to two hours before you go to bed. Like any kind of water consumption. Like too much water consumption. Because uh, okay. you will wake up and you'll go and pee. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the don't eat late is applicable to me. Especially sugar. Ah. Yeah, sugar gets me a little bit buzzy. So I watch what I eat before I go to bed. Ah. Yes. Yeah, okay. So regulate your food and drink intake. Next category of things. Relax and clear your mind before <laughs> bedtime. Yep. So you yeah. can take a relaxing bath or shower. Or like what PC mentioned, which is like reading. Yeah. Mm. But not on a Kindle or an iPad. Proper book mm. with paper that doesn't reflect light back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the, other, the other important one is bedroom environment. So again, there are three three things to look out for. Light. Mm. The darker the room actually, the better, the, the it, better is. it is. That's yeah. proven. Temperature is another thing that you got to regulate. Um, and third one is noise. Ah, so this is the interesting thing about me. So I, I used to have trouble sleeping. And I thought it was like melatonin or whatever. Mm. But I realized actually it's noise. I'm oh. a light sleeper. So the aircon wakes me up mm. or little noises. So when I realized that what I did was I started wearing earplugs. I've been wearing earplugs for the past couple of every night when I go to bed. Oh. And I sleep better. Mm. So you got to figure out what is the thing that's keeping you up. Yes. And then finally, exercise. Yeah, back to body your mind. <laughs> okay, exercise regularly, but, but not, not before, before bed. bed. 
It's true. Oh yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, so sometimes I swim too late, right? There have been times I swim at 7pm. I go home, I cannot mm. sleep. Yeah, so don't exercise too late. Or at least know at what threshold, what kind of exercise. Like maybe light exercise to a certain threshold is okay. Mm, that's but stretching. overdoing that kind. it. Or walking. Yeah, I, I think it really depends on mm. you, like, your body. Because I used to do this, like, I used to go running mm. late at night, but it keeps me awake now that I'm older, so I don't do that anymore. I try to keep my exercise to mm. earlier in the day or early afternoon on swim. Mm. Uh, sometimes no choice, 6 p.m., uh, but I do notice a slight difference that like, I don't overdo it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, body your mind. Yes. That was longer than expected. Oh, oh wow. my god! Without wow. twenty minutes, I didn't even ask much. Also. Oh, we say it'll be a short episode. Okay, guys. So, oh well. Yes. So much for short episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is uncommon humanity by the evolution. If you enjoyed this podcast, do us a solid by leaving us a review and sharing this with some friends. And if you really, really loved our content, become a fan or supporter by giving through theevolution.org or by emailing us at uch at theevolution.org for more info.